Let me give you a formal introduction. We're joined by Cheryl LaPearl from The Sequence, the first female group um, signed to Sugar Hill, uh, Sugar Hill Records, correct? Yeah. Right. That's 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 amazing. Um, and doing the research for the interview, I looked up and I seen that you were originally from South Carolina. Yeah. What, what's the hip Columbia, South Carolina? Yes. Okay. What was the hip hop scene like in Columbia, South Carolina back then? There was no hip hop scene here. Um, the only thing we had heard was King Tim the Third okay. with the Fatback Band and the Sugar Hill Gang. Okay. And so uh, we were we were liking what they were doing, so we just started writing raps to the things that we were writing. Mm. You know, we were basically doing songs before that, then uh, writing books and putting things together. Right. So uh, with Funk You Up, uh, we had the hook uh, for Funk You Up when the Sugar Hill game came to Columbia, South Carolina. Mm. Oh, so that that's how that link happened. I was saying to myself, South Carolina and the Bronx, that's a yeah, distance. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea what was going on in New York, uh, the Bronx or anywhere. Oh, really? So were y'all yeah. a rap group or a singing group? Because you had, I hear you, you got Angie B on there. Angie Stone is a part of the team. Yeah, we, we were doing both. Oh, okay. Okay. We, we we were versatile like that. We could, we were cheerleaders. So we were, Angie and I wrote cheers for our high school, C.A. Johnson High. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so writing raps were easy for us. Really? Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. So y'all just took, y'all heard the sugar hill was like, y'all can do this. This ain't nothing. Yeah. Cause, yeah. They were coming to our hometown. So. We were determined to get backstage, and we were determined to for somebody to hear us. I think a week of week before that, Earth, Wind, and Fire was here, and we were, you know, talking to this guy, and he was telling us to send him a tape, send us, send us a cassette, send us a cassette, and we was like, no, but you got to hear us, you know, and so he, you know, he just said, I could only accept the cassette, so we said, okay, well, when the Sugar Hill Gang came. We was like somebody got to hear us. We 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 could beat those guys rapping, right. you know. And so, uh, Harold Miles, uh, their road manager, happened to be uh, walking. We were at the Township Auditorium here, right. and he happened to be walking um, toward the door and saw that everybody was in but us. So he came to the door and said, why y'all still standing out here? Y'all better get in the show about the stuff. We said, they, we were supposed to have backstage passes and they said, we don't have no passes. So, you know, we, we got to get in there because we could beat those guys rapping. That's right. And I think that stuck in his head and he was trying to flirt with Angie. And so uh, he said, he looked at the uh, the people in the, in the booth and he said, go ahead, let them in, I got them, oh, you wow. know. And and he told he said you could come in and Andy said well I can't go without my girls, and uh, so he said all oh, y'all come on, and we said are we going backstage with the sugar hill gang? <laughs> he said yes. He said I'm gonna take y'all right back there, but on our way walking there we was telling them we sing and we rap we could beat them boys rapping and this that and the other and he said okay I'll introduce y'all to some people. Mm. But he 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 took us there, and the first guy was the like the like the Earth Wind and Fire people. They sent us a cassette. 
Mm-hmm. And we was like, we not getting nobody no cassettes. You got to hear us now. That's how bad we is, you know, That's just right. bragging on ourselves. And so Miss Robinson was, Sylvia Robinson was sitting in the room that we went in. And she said, I'll hear, I'll listen to y'all. And so they, we closed the door up and it was just us in there and one other person. And right. she said, okay, let me hear what y'all got. So we did four songs first. She liked them and she said those could be album cuts. And so, but she wasn't blown away with it. So as we were leaving out, I said, we didn't do Funk You Up. I was like, actually, Funk said, You Up, what we done? Yeah, I said, we didn't do Funk You Up. And she said, I said, can we do Funk You Up for you? She said, yeah, come on in here and do it. So we go, we gonna funk you right, right on, on her. We gonna funk yeah. you right on her. You know what's crazy? I don't mean to cut you off, Miss Pro. When I hear that song, <laughs> I need you back. I was damn near in a stroller. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember that. I still remember that song because when D- DJs used to always chop that up, funk mm-hmm. right on up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And we didn't want to sing it because. We were thinking she was going to say, oh, they saying, fuck, excuse the language, right, fuck right, right. you right on that. And the kids are going to say that too, you know. And so she, but we 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 dressed it up with funk because I'm a big Parliament Funkadelic fan. George mm. Clinton, Boosie Collins, uh, Rick James, uh, Larry Graham. Right. Uh, oh, the list goes on of the type of music I grew up listening to. And so to me, the rap came from uh, a good evening. A do not attempt to adjust your radio, for there is nothing wrong. For we have taken control as to bring you the special show. We will be returning to you as soon as you are grooved. A welcome to station W E F U N K. We funk, better known. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where I got it from because I said at the record player until I learned it all the way through until I could repeat everything that they were repeating on that record. That's when it started for me. Mm. So I didn't know anything about anything. None of us knew anything about what's going on in the Bronx. And I say that, well, this was really a God move because we're not from there. We don't know anybody up there. And we stepped into something that was bigger than life. That would be bigger than, huh? The things were already happening at that time. So it was like 79 y'all signed with Sugar Hill, right? Yes, yes. Shortly after the Sugar Hill gang released their record, then they came here. Uh, Miss Robinson, once she heard us backstage, she stopped everything and told the band to come in. Said, go get the band and bring them in here. So the drama, key, uh, the, uh, Doug, Skip, and Keith LeBlanc. Skip McDonald and Doug Wimplish, which is the best musicians to me in the world, uh, they came in. And so we we had did the, the hook and we had, she said, let me hear y'all rap. We started rapping. And so when the band came in, she said, okay, I want y'all to listen to this and see what y'all can come, if y'all can come up with something. So 
we started singing the hook and then she said blondie you come my name is Gwen, but they call me blondie i'm better known as the one and only i'm five foot two feel so fine 36 26 36 down she said come on cheryl they call me Cheryl, and I'll tell you why. Because I got such sexy bedroom eyes. When I pop yeah, them yeah, out, yeah. you look surprised. I got you, and you're hypnotized. Come on, Angie. Angie B is the word to say. Got chocolate hips in the Milky Way. Not feel like a millionaire in space, flying on a go-kite with silver lace. Everybody calls me never wrong, because I'm a freestyle freak with the funky song. Now the band is coming in, because they hear where we going at and they mm -hmm. are a funk band yeah. so they were they just started coming in and we started jamming back there it was almost like the, the concert was backstage that's all to say Shigel gang probably turned around and was like yo where, yo, <laughs> where <laughs> <at?"> <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was running to the room to hear what was going on because we was having so much fun and she had this big smile on her face and at that time, I didn't realize that this was Sylvia Robinson who had done Pillow Talk because I'm a great wow. fan of hers. Yeah. She had on a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, a Sugar Hill jacket, and her cap. She had it didn't even have any makeup or anything on. So it threw me off when I found out that that was who was going to help us. So after after we they called to say it's time for the band to get on stage. We asked her, could we go out there with them? And she said, yeah, let me see what, see if y'all scared or not. So we went out there and we was having a ball because now all our high school kids are out there and they see us on stage <laughs> with the Sugar Hill Gang. And uh, so um, when we came off stage, she just watched us and she saw the energy that we had. And she said, I'm gonna make you girls stars. Mm. And we were like, for real, you gonna help us? She said, I'm gonna send for y'all next week. She said, go and talk to your parents and um, I'm going to call you Thursday right. and uh, y'all be prepared to leave out Friday. Mm. So we got home. We were all excited. We telling our parents, you know, we got to go. We, we This lady going to make us stars. Now, meanwhile... I'm at Benedict College. I got four years scholarship at Benedict College. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, playing... Yeah, and so my grandmother said, but you in school, Cheryl, you can't just jump out of school. And I said, no, no, mama, this bigger than that. I said, I got I got to go. I, I want to go. I can always go back to school. Right. And she said, well, I said, you got to talk to my mom. My mom was at work at the time. I said, you got to please tell her, let me go. All week long, we waiting for that answer saying that it's all right, y'all go. Gwen said... Blondie said, I'm going. Bl we got discovered on Blondie's birthday. October the 20th, 1979 was when we got discovered that night. And so Blondie said, I'm 20, I'm going. And so um, we had to talk Angie mother into letting her go um, because she was 17 and still in high school. Oh. And so um, my grandfather said, let them go. If it don't work, they can always come back home. Just let them, just let them go and try. If they like it, if it works for them, then good. If it don't, here's a hundred dollars. Get on the bus and come on back home. And mm -hmm. so, um, uh, yeah, after my life was back then, we could just do that. Just trust your kids. And <laughs> 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 back home. 
<laughs> yeah, because the bus, the bus, he already knew the bus ticket was for nineteen ninety nine. You gonna pay a lot for that bus ticket. And right, besides right. that, I had aunts and uncles that lived in East Orange, New Jersey, oh. and Angie aunt lived lived in Brooklyn. So the, they were they were in, in case something goes wrong, call your family, and they'll come get you, and they'll get you back home. And so, but that, you know, it, it never happened. Um, we we got off the, we all our family came to the airport with us to see us off. Um, we went to uh, Newark, New Jersey, to the airport there. Right. And uh, uh, the same guy that, uh, that got us in picked us up. So we knew that we were all right right then. But we came with everything. We weren't. We weren't going back. <laughs> we were coming to win. That's the attitude. They tell me, "Where y'all going with all of that stuff?" <laughs> you know, you just come to record. We ain't going back. <laughs> so he took us. Yeah, he took us to the studio, and Miss Robinson and the band had already been rehearsing the song throughout the week, so they were all ready, and. Um, she gave each one of us a hundred dollars a piece and told her told him to take us to uh, the hotel to drop off our luggage and stuff. Right. And then uh, take us to get something to eat and bring us back. So we goes to McDonald's with a hundred dollar bill <laughs> to get a Big Mac, <laughs> some fries, some <laughs> soda. And instead of saying, okay, I'll just pay for it all with mine, we all stepping up with our hundred dollar bill. And the people looking at us like, they can't be from here, you know. <laughs> we got our food. We ate our food. He took us back to uh, the studio. We went in the rehearsal part, and we just rehearsed down with the band. And then uh, they just started recording. Mm -hmm. We started singing. They recording, uh, recording as we singing along, so we can remember where we go back in, where we putting the vocals at, where we doing everything at. And so um, all that night, we stayed there that whole night uh, doing the vocals, doing, you know, touch-ups with the music and stuff, and um, adding on other things. Right. Um, when we came out, it was like 2 o'clock the next day. We didn't wow. even realize that it was daylight, period. Wow. That's how much fun we was having. Nobody wanted to leave. So she told us to go get some rest and and uh, they'll pick us up eight o'clock that night to come back. So they picked us up, we got some rest, we came back, um, went back in and she wanted to put hand claps on. So as y'all know, today they got the machines that can do the claps. Yeah. But back then we had to stand around the microphone and all the band and everybody that was in the studio, including Miss Robinson, uh, uh, the engineer would be at the board and he set it up. We all sit in there and we clap to that song. And I think that song is like nine minutes and something. <laughs> you know, it's one of those long ones. And then we had to do the hand claps twice. So we was like, whoa. At first I was like, why are you putting hand claps on? It sound good just the way it is. And she said, wait till we put the claps on. You'll see what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. sure. So um, we did we did the hand claps. And when we came out, now it's just that uh, the drummer is back there beating on something. Boom, 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 boom. 
And we're like, what is that? That need to go in. And so she let him put those, put that in. And so after that, she said, um, she was doing the mixing as we were going along. Mm. And she said, don't let anybody in here to touch this board. Now, let me, and, let me ask you this real quick, because I'm, so, I'm sure somebody was all beat with them claps and y'all had to restart. <laughs> If they were, we didn't hear it. If they were, we didn't hear it. We're just clapping and clapping and clapping. And so um, we went home. I think Ms. Robinson went back in there. We went back to the hotel. She uh, met her back down there Sunday, and she was mixed it that, that Sunday and sent it to the mastering room. Then they sent the masters back and um, she picked the one that she wanted and sent it, uh, got some copies made from the masters and sent it to WBLS and Frankie Crocker and Mr. Magic. They broke it. They broke it, yeah. And they that's, broke that's it why, in New York. I heard it a lot. It was on the radio. Yeah. 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 Get up, get up, get up. I mean, that whole. I, that, <laughs> yeah. You know what I love? You know what I love about that? Like the the purity of it. Like you think about today, all the red tape that goes along with making a record. It's just like yeah, you know, we went backstage. She heard the music. She liked the music. You know, a week later, flew us out. We were in the studio. We recorded. We we mixed. We mastered. With and it all this in my mind took place in a matter of probably less than a month. But now you see people, you know, they get signed to a record label or whatever it is, and you don't hear from them for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get shelf or they get pushed out the way because they have a, a artist that is hot and selling a lot of units at the time. So yeah. you, you, you're on like a waiting list, you know, but they were just, it's a new company. It's, it's a black owned company. You know, Mr. and Ms. Robinson, um, they, they they had this black-owned company that just was building, and it was strong. Mm-hmm. So we did go back home. On my birthday, we heard Funk You Up on the radio, WIC at that time, mm-hmm. here. But they didn't play our music a lot here because you're dealing with the churches, and right. the churches wow. went up against it. Like they like now you could they can lick a lick a lick a like a lollipop and do all kind of stuff. <laughs> you understand? Yes, but man. they weren't they weren't going for that back then. Uh, <laughs> and you'll hear in a couple of Sugar Hill records where she got beeps in it in certain places. Oh, it's man. not beeps all over this, just in certain places she said, because that that'll stop them from playing it. So she'll put a little beep there in that part, but we knew what it was. It was for radio so that they could get radio play. Right. Mm. That's right. That's right. You know? So how, how how was your relationship being on Sugar Hill Records? Because they had a roster. They had Grandmaster Flash, the Funky Floor, Crash Crew, the Treacherous Three. She had, <laughs> had some acts on that label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let me, let me tell you something. Bell's getting ready to blow your mind. I became the A&R person at 19. Oh wow. wow! So you were you were finding those acts? So no, what what happened was, uh, her niece took us on a limousine ride to New York, you know, just out and eating or whatever, and came back and 
and this OJ, and that's what they called him at that time. OJ. Uh, <laughs> they uh, this like she she put in a cassette that had all of them on it, mm. and then uh, someone brought that cassette to Miss Robinson. So yeah, when she called. They had the old cold crush tapes. The whole thing. Yeah. And so she wow. um she she called me to her house like two o'clock in the morning. She called me and said, What you doing? I said, I'm sitting here writing, can't sleep. She said, I'm sending somebody to get you. I want you to hear something. So she called me in and she started playing. I said, Oh, I heard them the other night. I said, They bad. Mm -hmm. And we were dancing around and laughing and joking and everything. And then she looked at me and say, Cheryl, what should I do with them? What should I do? I said, you should sign all of them because they are the only competition we'll have. Okay. You understand? But their records, they were on Enjoy label, but yeah, Enjoy right. could not break them worldwide like Miss Robinson could. Right, that's right. And, and so she said, you say sign them? Sure, I say sign them all. You know, you corner the market if you sign them all, yeah. you know? And then we become competitors against each other. We competing with each other for who gonna keep anyway. bringing them number one records. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I was a part of helping them all get signed because at first she just wanted to stick with the Sugar Hill Gang in the sequence. Mm -hmm. Wow, but, that's, that's Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five, Funky Four, plus one more that got Shah Rock on there. Spoony G. Spoony G. Spoony, all of them. Busy B. Busy Yeah. Wow. That's and that's and Wayne and Charlie, the rapping dummy. Yeah. He was there too. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 the, the, what you call it? The vent. He sat on his lap and he was, and they and they were rapping too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm also the first female to write for a male artist. I wrote on Eighth Wonder, uh, the rap for Master G on Eighth Wonder. Really? Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh man. When y'all get through, yo, I was so I was so open with the music because I listened to music, my mom's music, all kinds of music, all my life. So um, when they asked me, "Do you have something for this parks?" when they went in to do Eighth Wonder, she was just not pleased with what she was hearing, mm -hmm. and so she called me. And she said, sure. She said, can you come up here, bring your book with you? She said, because I know you got something that's going to make this thing do what I needed to do. Mm. And I said, okay. So I I got there. Uh, I called, I told Angie, come go with me because there might be some things that you could do also. So she, she came along with me. I had my book and my pad. And so as I'm listening to her, she said, we need a rap for Master G. And I had did a rap. I said, well, I did this rap, but it could be turned into a male rap. Right. Met this girl and said to him, honey, if you want to be my baby, you got to give me money. Turned around, didn't mean no harm. Knocked him out with my vicious charm. Said, no, no, baby, it's not it's like true. that. It's it's all about <laughs> You're blowing me right now, Miss Cheryl. That was your Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
you must that whole been. rap, well, everything he said on there was from me. One of my had his own uh, uh, little parts or whatever, right. and I mm-hmm. think one of my did a uh, part for Hank with "Woo Ha!" Got the ball and check. Mm-hmm. So we were piece and pieces together, and after I, 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 she said, "Go in and put it down." So I put it down, and I put it down in the way. Instead of me being it, because it was going to be a rap for one of my next things, I mm-hmm. turned the male to the, you know, from the female to the male. Yeah. And I put the rap down. He, she said, that's what I'm saying. So she gave it to God and told God to study it. And they're going to come back in and put it down a little later. So mm. that's how that happened. We find yeah. out, sure, yeah. you're the first ghostwriter we don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got Facebook on fire over there. They're talking about, we didn't know that. So now the guys, are, they they taking pictures of the label where it says Cheryl Cook and L. The other guy was from the Commodores. Okay. Because H. Wonder came from something that they did. Right. But they gave me writer's credit because I I I wrote uh, uh, the majority of it. Nice. So you and Sylvia Robinson must have had a great relationship. How'd you develop that relationship? Because it seemed like she confided in you a lot and wanted to do a lot with you. She, Miss Robinson, was always to me a sweetheart. Uh, Miss Robinson, if you, she couldn't make you interested in music, she couldn't make you come to that studio. But I was there every day, all day, listening to everything that was going on around there. Now, Miss Robinson's son, Joey Robinson, God bless his soul, Joey, they were attracted to my voice and my sound. She said, Cheryl, you have a sound like Diana Ross that sells records. She said, Angie can sing like Flo could. But there's a certain sound that sells a lot of records and you have that sound. And so I would I would be around her all the time or she would call for me to come, you know, to do certain things with her or whatever. And we became very, very close. Uh, Joe said to me once, if I had a daughter, I wish my daughter would have been just like you. And Sylvia said the same thing. If I had a daughter, Cheryl, I wish my daughter would have been just like you. And so they fell in love with me and I had a special love for her. She was my mother figure away from home. And I could go to her if I needed anything, wanted anything. She always made sure that I got what I needed as well as Joey. So they became like family away from home to me. Yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of pomp and circumstance going on with this being the 50th anniversary of um hip hop, you know. And I, I I was at the big um concert in Yankee Stadium a couple of weeks back. Um, I'm just wondering from your perspective, being like one of the 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 first, you know, do, do you feel like women are getting enough credit and acknowledgement with this being the 50th anniversary? No. And no one has re- no one we did that we did Atlantic City which was a two minute with 50 acts on it mm. uh and that's all we've been invited to do oh, wow. no one has reached out to us about any other shows or anything else now we're going to be doing uh uh September the 30th 
uh, Curtis Blow was here in South Carolina. Me and him, you know, mm -hmm. had some conversations and stuff. And he he's going he's inviting us to be on stage with him uh, in Washington D.C. That's wow. the only other offer the sequence has gotten. Wow, that's amazing. And because Angie is Angie Stone now, mm -hmm. um, if they can't have Angie, they don't want to let Blondie, me and Blondie work. Oh, mm -hmm. so Angie and, must if, 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 if it's going to happen. Because, yeah, if Angie don't, well, how can we get Angie? Okay, now if you're going to get Angie, it's going to cost you. Because mm -hmm. she's going to tell you, I am Angie B. But I'm also Angie Stone, and you gonna pay the sequence what they're worth. <laughs> You're not gonna come out here talking about no thousand dollars, man. I could give him a thousand dollars. If you go, if you want the sequence, you gotta pay. Why do you Why do you think that um, with this being the 50th anniversary, that females have gotten less recognition than their male counterparts? <laughs> the males run it, I guess. They, they, in their eyes, the males, there's more males dominating, and it's always been like that. Uh, they dominate. But we've had a lot of great women come out, you know, after us that have done great work, have put it down, and um, they never invite us to any of those things. And I think, too, by the culture being in New York, mm. uh, they're basically... Uh, dealing with the rappers that came, the culture, as they would call it, the culture. Mm. And uh, so you they don't reach guy. out to us. Yeah. Guys, you and How about that? <laughs> okay. So, but here's the irony of it, though. Like, if, if Cindy wasn't having that back-to-school party, a female, then, you know, because that's universally recognized as the start of hip-hop, right? That that yeah. back-to-school party that um, Cindy had with Cool Hurt. Yeah. You know, what do you think about? I don't. Get. I'm sorry. I don't know about all of the parties that are going on there, mm -hmm. but um, they're only reaching out to the artists that came out of their era, out of their, you know, you know, Bronx, uh, Harlem, centric, uh, Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? It's very much pushed on that, and like I tell people. Being from South Carolina, and that's where I am right now, um, we don't get those type of invitations. Um, Angie and Blondie is in Atlanta, in Atlanta down there, and they, they, you know, they're saying nothing. Nothing is coming through, and they don't understand either. Wow. So, what's your what's your honest feeling about the fifty years and how it's got to fifty years? Well, first of all, they told us it wouldn't last no more than five years. So that's why everybody at Sugar Hill was trying to put in their good work because they say at, after five years, it'll be over with. Yeah. But here here we go, 50 years. And then, then they're saying this is not the 50th year. Next year is the 50th year. Hmm. So, I mean, I used to go to the Zulu anniversaries when they would have the anniversaries up there in yeah. New York. and um, But they were the only thing that, you know, we had to reach out to you know, be invited to to come. You could get on the mic. You could do whatever you wanted to do. But um, I, I wish I could tell you why. 
because you call us queens, you call us this, that, they, and and as you, if you go to my Facebook page, you can see what people are saying. These are facts. These are facts. What she's talking about. This is the truth. She's not lying about who she is and what she's done for hip hop. Mm. And I feel like if that company hadn't have been so hot at the time it created. I remember Russell Simmons trying to get in one of our concerts wow. at the Roxy's before mm. we took, before a hip hop uh, uh, went downtown, Lil Rodney C and Angie and the money we all put together to go in the Roxy uh, brought hip hop from uptown to downtown. There's mm. so many stories and so many things that people really don't know and understand. And so uh, Russell was trying to get in that concert and they wouldn't let him in. So when we got there, he was like, yo, they go to sequence. Come on, y'all sure, y'all got to get me in, this, that, and other. We didn't know him from the man in the moon, but I told him to grab my hand and you can walk in with me. And so he grabbed my hand and we were walking in and the guy at the door, because he had tried to get in before he hit his hand and hit my hand and I was like whoa what are you doing that what are you doing he said well he just tried to get in and now he's he's slashed on I said that's my brother I said don't you ever put your hands on me it's a way to do things right. you don't treat people like that I don't care and so he was like Michelle I'm sorry I said no you hit my hand and you could have hurt me yeah. and I'll sue this brilliant and take everything y'all got down here I said, that is my brother. I told him he could come. And so I grabbed his hand and said, come on. And we went on in. That's a little this is before, right there. Yeah, and this is before Russell got his break. But he was watching everything that everybody was doing. So like I tell people, it wasn't supposed to get worse. It was supposed to get better. Everybody that came after the front line of hip hop was supposed to make it better. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. You know, hey, even even LL is was trying to get on Sugar Hill Records before he got on Def Jam. Yeah, yeah, but she what happened with LL and I took the cassette to Miss Robinson that I heard. Um, she said I'm not signing anymore. She wasn't oh. taking on any more groups, and that's why he didn't make it uh, there because I was trying to get Lisa Lee. Uh, she was a female out the Bronx that was good. She was with Bam and all of them. Yeah. And I was like, yo, she's really good, Miss Robinson. And she said, no, I don't want no more females. She said, y'all, y'all are the, y'all are the luckiest females in the world because I don't work with females like that. <laughs> you know? So she didn't want females. And, and the only reason Shaw Rock got in is because she was with the Funky Four. Oh, yeah. Have, has, you know, any have any of the female artists now, or was him, or older female artists ever like reached out to you guys for some for guidance or anything? Some on my page, some okay. not 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 the ones that are popular or out there and has been doing that thing. Sometimes the females on my page may ask me a question, Monsieur, how you do this? Monsieur, can you help me push this or whatever? And they send it to me and I share it out in the groups that I'm in or whatever. Or uh, they ask, you know, how do I do this, that, and the other? If I got the information, I send it to them or I tell them where to, you know, to get it. I'm having trouble um, because I, they say I'm good, but I have to take off more clothes 
I have to oh, be, a, you know, oh. with what's going on. And so I don't want to do that, Monsieur. I say, don't. Because right. we didn't have to do it. And yeah. we were still females and we were still ladylike on the stage. I say, so you don't have to do that. It's a lot of females that have contacted me that, I mean, is out of this world to me. But they're conscious rappers and they're talking about things that are really real. Right. And so they're not going to take their clothes off to do their music. Good for them. And yeah. yeah, in the industry, that's what they were telling me. And then I even talked to Cass and a couple of guys, and it was, I was like, y'all right here in the city, why y'all did just go get another deal or whatever? And it was like, yo, you can't do that now, <laughs> sure. I said, what's wrong? She said, he said, unless you want to get, you know, uh, booty bumped, <laughs> you're not, you ain't getting in. Yeah, yeah, it's different. It's not different. Yeah. It's a lot different now, sure. It's not even about the music no more. I wonder though, I was it's it's funny you said that because I was just thinking about like even the business element of it, like, you know, being somebody who started in it in its infancy to seeing where it's at now. And like hip hop's a billion dollar industry. Business. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I look I look I look at it and I'm like, damn, like, you know, like all the people who were instrumental in developing starting it didn't have an opportunity to reap the benefits. Right. how monetized it is now. So I'm just wondering, like, what's your thought process on the business now versus the business when you were in it? Because I would imagine when you were in it, you know, it wasn't a business where people were thinking, like, this is a business that I'm, you know, I'm going to make millions of dollars from. Right. Right. Well, when we got into the game, of course, you're like, I'm telling you, 17, 18, 19, 20, when you just turned 20, we didn't have any business knowledge we didn't know what we were getting into and so everybody at sugar hill basically signed the same paperwork mm. and so we all got taken as far as the publishing part oh, of right. the of the music and um we're just getting ours back really as of december everything turns back over to us. That's after 35 years wow. of them taking our music and putting it in different countries all over the world. Wow. Wow. And they and these people that, you know, that, that, that did this because they sold a catalog to different people. Right. We don't even know who is getting money that, mm. I, that belongs to us. It really belongs to us. But when you got to fight the monster, because that is what it is, it's a monster. Yeah. Everybody know everybody. All the lawyers can connect with each other. Mm -hmm. You understand? And they all work, look out for the monster. Yeah. So sometimes you cannot win in a game like that. You can only be a puppet for a little while. Mm. So to have a record of that magnitude, you mean to tell me like y'all have never collected any royalties of publishing off that record? None. Wow. And Just you know writer's credit. Just uh -huh. the writer's credit from it. That was crazy. They sold 500,000 copies in three weeks. And three weeks. And no pub, no, no video, no commercial. <laughs> Nothing. That wasn't... Listen, TV, the TV part of it, all they had back then was MTV, and MTV was not playing rap music. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So you had um, uh, 
what was that rap? Yo MC, Yo MC raps or something. And um, then BET came along and started the Rap City and the different things. That's when they had a bigger outlet than we had. Mm. Because we weren't even do. I think we the Sugar Hill Gang might have done two videos and we did one. Mm. They were there was no places to send videos for people yeah, to see. Them. They weren't that readily visible to be made now, mm -hmm. especially off of and genre. They could, they yeah, they last that long. Yeah, and they couldn't see that far down the line. You know, we were going from day to day making this thing happen. There was no blueprint there for us to follow. There was mm. nobody for us to follow, but we left a blueprint for everybody to be able to follow. Do That's this, right. but don't yeah. do that. You sure yeah. don't did, because everyone that used the derivatives yeah. of computer from Ice Cube to De La Soul, this, yeah. the list yeah. goes on. Mm. Yeah. Did you did you yeah. have a, did you have at least an opportunity to um to go on tour? We did the Sugar Hill tour. Okay, nice. See, the Sugar Hill tour was the first hip hop tour out there. Mm. And I had a debate on Facebook with one of the guys and they were saying, well, this so-and-so was the first tour. I said, no, it wasn't. Sugar Hill had a tour out there and they took all of the acts out. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it, it, we, we were all over the place. I said, and then we didn't do nightclubs. We did auditoriums, coliseums, amusement parks, and stadiums. Nice. Wow. In Ohio, I think it was 60,000 people in, 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 in the stadium out there. Man. If we went to do Dolly Park, Cotton um, uh, Amusement Park, or or the a park, amusement park here in North Carolina, yeah. um, you, you, got, you got thousands of people. Yeah. So we never did nightclubs. We we would go to a club if it was on the way to the next venue, uh, and we had to, to stay there for about 30 minutes an hour, then get back on the bus and keep going. They had like three or four buses out there. Oh, wow. mm. Custom-made buses where people can lay down and sleep, and it was re yeah. really nice. And, 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 and we would go from state to state. This is this this is gonna sound like an odd question, Miss Pearl, but I have to ask you this. Do you, do you have children? No, I don't. Oh, because I was gonna say, I wonder if your children like they recognize the history, or like if you got yeah. nieces and nephews, they recognize. I got nieces. <laughs> I got nieces and nephews, but I don't think they quite get it who Auntie okay. really is. Mm -hmm. All right. Right, right. Because I'm, I'm around the house with them all the time, even though they hear some of the stuff, and they still don't quite get get it that auntie is like the 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 the, the core of this thing yeah you know yeah. called yeah. hip-hop yeah. that y'all like <laughs> yeah, and that's what i was getting that because i'm like you know if you had children I, I would imagine they playing music or whatever and they're like oh this is great and in the back of your mind is like yeah this probably wouldn't exist yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, i'm one of the first people to actually forge this thing and push it forward mm -hmm. have you ever thought about writing a book well, I'm working on something right now where um, a young lady named Hope, Hopi, I call her Hopi, she, uh, her mother was uh, in the promotion apartment at Sugar Hill mm. and uh, she grew up watching us. So now she's um, 
she's she wants to do a film. She wants to sit down and have her film crew come right. and just listen to me talk about the story mm-hmm. and uh, see if they can get some type of of Netflix or some of these people yeah, to do that. Yeah. Watch me tell the story or create a movie around the story. Yeah, yeah. The secret, yeah. the secret. People need to know who the secrets are, who they, what their contributions are, especially your contribution. Yeah, oh, right. That'd be great. You know what I learned yeah. too? What I learned that Melba Moore didn't sing "Love Changes." Yeah. Um, I said I learned that Melba Moore wasn't the original singer for "Love Changes." <laughs> see, see that? I learned that doing research. I'm like, hold on. This ain't Melba Moore, so I mean Melissa Morgan, pardon me. Melissa Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hold on. This is the sequence. We we did it also, I think it's Midnight Blue, a Midnight Star. It was another group that what was that group name? I think it was was it It was it was Midnight Something. Midnight Star probably. Midnight Star. Yeah. Yeah. They they did it first. They did it first, and then Melissa Morgan. Yeah, I remember Melissa yeah. Morgan. We did it before Melissa. Yes, ma'am. We did it. Be- we did it before her. We were the second group to touch that song because we used to do it on the road to kind of break up the monotony of it being just all rap, mm-hmm. you know. So we uh, we would. That was one of the songs that and Feel the Fire by People Bryson oh, wow. were two songs that we used to do to break it up. And we were getting such great response from it that we went back and said, let's cut it over. Let's just cut it. And we and that's what we did. We just cut it over. Feel the fire. Melissa Morgan joint. I used to sing that to sleep when I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, then, Melissa Morgan, does, doesn't she prefer to be called me Lisa? Me Lisa, yes. Me Lisa, Morgan. People hyphenate their names nowadays, put commas and stuff. Listen, I ain't got nothing to do with that. But yeah, and then when we did tear the roof off, that put us in another lane. First, we're the first females to uh, team up, collab with the Sugar Hill Gang. We collab with um, Spoonie G on Monster Jam mm-hmm. and Choreo on Funk You Up '85. Funk it up, eighty-five. Uh, I think it was going to be where she was going to start to switch us off with each other and see what we would come out because I did do something with Special K, but it was too late in the game. The company was folding at that time. Mm. But I think she was getting ready to start letting us all, you know, work and do different things with each other. I have a song right now on me and Melly Mel. That you know, the top of the year, the beginning of 2024, I'll probably release it. Wow. Under my label, because I got a company called Black Bottom Entertainment. I was going to ask you about that. How's that coming along? How's that going? Everything is moving fine. Every now and then, I put something out there just to see, you know, if people are going to grab for it or, or, you know, how they feel about it or whatever. But I've been holding the one on me and Mel. Um, and that's that's gonna probably come out next year. Mm. I heard your single got love. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's like what. That. That's another test. But that's a tester. These are all testers to see yeah. if they like it. If they like it, then we good. Yeah, you're right. You know, 
And oh, I, did, yeah, I did that one out there and one called Rhythm Change. Hmm. I don't know how if you, you heard that, that one yet. How do, how do you say so passionate about the music and your craft after having done it for this many years? I just love music. Hmm. I've loved music since I was a little girl. I'd be in the back seat of my mama car singing every song that came on the radio. And she said, that girl just sit back there and all you do is hear back there singing. And so one day she asked us, me and my sisters, say, what you gonna, what you gonna do when you grow up? What do you wanna be when you grow up? And both my sisters said they wanted to be teachers. And so she said, Cheryl, uh, what you wanna be? And I said, I'm gonna be a star. <laughs> and I said, I'm gonna be a star. And I meant that they were laughing at me. I said, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. I want to be a star like Diana Ross. That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. From watching the Supremes as a little girl on Ed Sullivan, I was just blown away with that. I was blown away with Aretha Franklin from Betty Wright to Millie Jackson. I can go in all of them lanes of music of win of women, Candy Staten, Sylvia Robinson, Billy Holiday is my heart. Mm. Oh God, I can oh it's just so many of them out there. And then Chaka Khan and Natalie Cole, all of these, all of these, all of this stuff is in me. It's mm. like in my soul. And when God put things in my mind to write down, I write them down. Now, my grandmother, she used to walk around the house singing all the time, singing gospel music. The church, uh, we had to go to uh, 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 all the things that mama went to. So you learn how to sing those. Yeah, you had to learn how to sing those church songs first. Mm. Right. I I learned Mahalia Jackson at a young age. I learned Mahalia Jackson. (laughs) Mahalia stayed in our house. Every Sunday you heard Mahalia Jackson. James Cleveland. Yes, all of that. I I grew up on all of it. I grew up on it all, and I thank God for it all, you know? I I would imagine that there has to be like a Sugar Hill documentary or something in the works that there's just so much it's too much yeah, history, so much history but I, yeah. yeah for them to to bypass that and now they miss another think, opportunity with the 50th anniversary yeah i think because the contracts was bad and it left a bad spot on the game on the on the company by the you know she used to tell me Cheryl, if i could change it i would but as we know in business we have partners and 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 that business, you know, the partners could be dangerous or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, they I, couldn't I, make they couldn't make a move um, because of of other people that were connected to that company. Now, true. I, I tell I yeah, I like to tell the story of all of the good things that I saw because I never um, I never felt bad about being down there. I, I thought it was the greatest that. opportunity, huh? No, I said I, I appreciate that because you know we have a lot of people that come on, and they will talk about like the horrific contract situations that they've had, and how record labels did them bad and everything. But listen to you tell your story; it just sounds like you know, like you had a really good relationship with them. Yeah, we did. I did. I did. Everybody did. Everybody had their own. I had my own. Mm-hmm. I stayed in my lane. I, my thing was music. 
I learned from the band members, Doug and Skip and and Craig Derry, you know, we all the background vocals, the sequence was like, was really like the Supremes at Motown. We did all the background work. We did all the party tracks. You will hear us on everything that basically came out of that record company. Yeah. You know what I wonder also, because um, a lot of times when artists come on and tell their stories about like the the um the contracts that they had and the contract situations, sometimes it's with like labels that are like startups and it's new people who just started labels, and we don't ne- we don't ever really offer grace for the learning period for the people with the labels. We just automatically go for they robbed and they cheated, you know. Like there's there's grace associated with the artists where they be like, all right, you were naive, you didn't know the business you just started, kind of thing. But we never offer grace for like a startup of a label. We like, you know, you just took advantage of the artist. When the reality of it, I mean, and I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but the reality of it is that maybe the people that started the label are still learning the business also. Yeah, uh, but Ms. Robinson, they, they, had, they had had other artists, they had the moments, they had other yeah. artists um, and another record label before us, but that record label fold also. Mm-hmm. After uh, it, it went under for whatever reason, tax reasons, as they would say, mm-hmm. that they're not paying their taxes. Oh. But I think people, in my mind, were were wanted this company to go under so that these other companies can come up mm. wow. because they were black owned and they were powerful. And they got, we got to stop this. This is something we got to stop. And so you'll hear in all of the Sugar Hill records, you'll never hear anybody talking about drugs. You'll never hear anybody talking about bitches and hoes. Right. It was a good time. And yeah. so now these Negroes is having all these good times to make that company making all that money. We got to come in and we got to change the game. Yeah. And we got to find people that's doing something to help us change the game. They don't realize that, that when you calling the, the, the women bitches and hoes that that's that's not good for our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. They coming in naive and in the blind. Yeah. So Sugar Hill, they had to get that company out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so, so I feel like someone, back. huh? We need to bring back A&Rs like you. <laughs> we can whip these fools in the shape a little bit. Thank you, thank you. Because I even when they come up to me, even for my company, I say I only put out positive music. I'm gonna only put out messages to help mm-hmm. save our people. We're yeah. not putting out garbage, mm-hmm. you have, you have and not to call people garbage. music garbage, but it won't fit in what what I'm coming with. Yeah. Do you yeah. do you have artists on Black Bottom now? Yeah, well, you know what it is? I, I got them on standby. <laughs> put it like that. Yeah. I'm not going to sign anybody because I'm going to put my stuff out there first. I want them to I want to be the one. If they're going to get anybody, you're going to get Cheryl. Because right. you're not going to get any of my artists that you can go in and switch their mind around and make them think something different. I don't really? want nobody publishing. I know what it feels like for your publishing to be taken. And mm-hmm. then Years later, when you think your music is dead, somebody like Dr. Dre steps up, or what's this last kid named it? Funk. Yeah, Bruno Mars. They could come in and take our music 
and we not get a coin. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't want to be that type of artist or record label that I need to take anything from anybody. If I can't help you rise, I'm definitely not going to be that one that you point the finger and say, you did this to me. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You know, you know, another thing that I admire too, like listen to you talk, it sounds like that you've been able to maintain um, throughout the years, uh, still keep a relationship with Angie and Blondie, you know? Yeah, that's, that's my that's, sister. That's great too, yeah. That's great too. Yeah, that, they're my sisters. We push Angie, we help Angie to, you know, over the years, you know, because Angie got two kids. And so me and Blondie as aunties, we would step up and Blondie be out there more, than, more so than me because I have my family that, I have mm -hmm. to take care. I take care of my mother, me and my family. And so I couldn't roll out there with them. Every now and then I could say, I'll come, but I got to come right back because my mind is on my mother. Right. And um, and making sure she got the things that she needs. So, you know, when I need a break, I'll go to Atlanta, sit with them for a few days, and I come back home. Nice. Uh, if they if they get ready to do some road stuff, she'll ask sure you want to come. Uh, I need you to come do this one here with me with us. Uh, da, 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 da. And I'll go and do it. But then my thing is, I gotta go home. Gotta go. Uh, my time will come for me to do music the way I want to do music. But right now I got to go. My mom's is more important than me than anybody on this <laughs> planet. So that's that. where my heart is. My nieces and nephews helped my sister raise their kids to make sure that they were mm -hmm. all right. Took care of both of my grandparents and, and, and watched them take their last breath. But my grandfather said, make sure the rest of them are all right, sure. Because I'm the oldest. I'm the one they put everything in. And so I have to make sure that my mm -hmm. family is straight first. And make sure them nieces and nephews know who auntie is. Auntie yeah, they, they just look at me. Every time when they they get mad and say, "Auntie, I don't like it that they don't mention y'all name or y'all group or y'all this that." I say it's all right. <laughs> but I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to thank you. I, you know, I thank you for agreeing to come on and have this conversation with us. I thank you for your contribution. Um, also thank, thank you. you for, like like I said, like listen to you talk about just Sugar Hill. Um, records experience. It was refreshing because the, we we have a lot of people come on that we interview. And they usually they have a lot of things to say about the label, and usually it's not favorable. So to hear you talk about the la the label in a favorable light, and your relationship with um with Miss Robinson, you know, like to me, I'm like, I, I, it, it 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 means a lot to me, especially knowing that it's a black owned label. Yeah, me and me and Leland's talk to Leland is the last son, uh, uh, her son, her, her her middle son, he's alive and. He, me and him talk, from, you know, from time to time. Uh, he'll call me because I'm, I'm like a big sister to him. And so I'll call him, see how him and the family doing on that end. And he'll reach back, sure, you all right, you need anything or whatever. He said, anything you need, just let me know. And he'll cut a check and send it, FedEx it to me. And I'm like, whoa, he sent me something. You know, I don't yeah. ask nobody for nothing because my help come from the good Lord. And so when other things come through, it's a blessing. I say, well, thank you. You you know, he said, anything for you, Cheryl. I watch how my moms were with you. And he was a little boy when we were up there, you know. But he has the utmost respect for me, and I love him to death. You know. So we got on the we got on the screen your Instagram your Instagram is um Cheryl the Pearl underscore. What's your Facebook for people that want to catch up with you? 
Cheryl Cook. It's under my name. Facebook oh. wouldn't let me do a Cheryl the Pearl page, and I don't know why. Oh, um. they, I had two of them, and they, they locked me out of my pages and wouldn't let me get back in. So I had to use my name, Cheryl Cook. Okay. Yeah. I use my so name. anybody want to come, they're welcome to come and ask me any questions they want to. I answer. 